0: Hi, welcome to big old life. I'm Heather Blackbird. This is episode five. We've got a landmark. Um, this is a conversation interview with Jana Kriofsky, who is a licensed clinical social worker who does telehealth therapy, primarily working with EMDR um, modality and internal family systems and polyvagal EMDR stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. Mm -hmm. If you've heard about that, there's some links um, that I put in from Yana's website and you should check them out if you're interested. But Yana is an incredible person that I met some years ago through my daughter's school. And is one of those people that you come across, you know, you first meet them, you're like, oh man, I hope I can be friends with this person. They're so cool. And I got to be friends with her and she was kind enough to go on this little podcast learning journey with me and let me interview her. So of course I didn't do an incredible job of, of things, you know, editing these are really tricky cause you got to listen to the things you go like, why did I do that? Um, and sure enough, there's plenty of that for me in this one, but I love what Yana has to say about, you know the kind of the goal of therapy and how she experiences being a therapist and i am endlessly fascinated with the therapeutic processes and um so it was really a great conversation and in fact she was kind enough to do two of them with me because i thought i had sound problems on the first one none of this is important except to say thank you yana for (laughs) for your time and for your wisdom i really enjoyed it and take a listen listen for as long as you like how are you feeling about doing this
1: (laughs) a little bit nervous (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> and you mess. just said that i was like wait you're just gonna be asking me questions and i was like oh yeah that's what i agreed to <laughs> i'm
0: just gonna go what did you get I, I like the direction that you gave this talking about being a therapist i think that's really good and i notice i'm a little nervous too i'm like oh because uh, because i think talking to therapists in general makes me a little nervous anyway, Uh even though that's not the context, you know, like I'm not going to therapy right now, but just the hint of like "Mm," is kind of- Even when we're hanging out
1: socially, (laughs) do you notice that?
0: (laughs) When we're hanging out socially, no, I don't think so. Any nerves I feel there would be just like my own, my own, not not specifically because you're a therapist,
1: just like, oh, human, let's be nervous about that for whatever reason. Um, a lot, in my experience, at least a lot of people don't really want to talk all that much about therapy socially. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like if I, if I'm in a social setting and I'm, and people are talking about what they do and I say, I'm a trauma therapist, usually there'll be like quite a bit of excitement the first couple of seconds, like, oh, that sounds interesting or mm-hmm. a couple things. And then after that, it, it just kind of like dissipates because I'm, you know, I'm not sure, but my speculation is that it sends people inward a little bit
2: mm-hmm.
1: when we start talking about it. And then um, they start thinking about the things in their life, maybe, or there's like a hint of something that comes up around, oh, a trauma, trauma therapy, what do I do in that context or whatever? And it, maybe it touches on something. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think definitely. I think, yeah. I think it's, it's sort of, uh, I don't know. And I, I think therapists are this is sounds a little melodramatic but but I it's kind of I mean our, our kind of um, that yeah, does sound kind of goofy but okay, no pressure sort okay. of sacred beings sort of like um, <laughs> conduits for <laughs> conduits for what is the closest thing we have to accessible um sacred experiences
1: mm, that's really beautiful
0: because if I because the deeper feeling self, that is kind of a um i don't know i i think emotional experiences as we heal are are um spiritual
2: experiences yeah Yeah.
0: because they kind of unify so much of our lived experience totally Mm -hmm. so when oh the car alarm's going (laughs) off to emphasize my truth (laughs) Oh, it went off.
1: <laughs> is that what it's doing?
0: Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> but so when you talk about, like, I do trauma therapy, people are like, whoa, you know, there's kind of a little bit of a roller coaster energy. But then also, yeah. that comes up for me is like, um, oh, well, what is that? What's trauma? And then if you talk about what trauma is, then you're going to get more into the trigger down. <laughs> right. Yeah. These- and so
1: usually we'll make a couple, We'll have a few minutes back and forth. Yeah. And then we kind of reach a spot where people are like, okay, so, anyways. Yeah, so anyways, <laughs> uh,
0: since I can't really talk about my wounds right now, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes,
1: exactly. And I, yeah. and, and I don't talk about my clients or personal stuff, right. obviously, and, and they don't want to talk about their experiences. So it kind of leaves yeah. you so in my a little experience bit of a, bit
0: of a, a little bit of stop, stopping point. There's, what I wanted to say is there's a lot of work. And trauma as, as a thing, as a like awareness is much yeah. more in our everyday um, culture now. You know, I mean, you can say you're a trauma yes. and Most people will be like, well, oh, okay, I get that. I know what you're talking about, kind of.
1: Totally. And that is a brand new experience. I mean, I think like seven years ago, it would have been different. Yeah. Six yeah. years ago, maybe five. I mean, not very yeah. long ago, I could say that to somebody and they would just be like, do you only work with war veterans or
2: right?
1: Oh, something along that line.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Like
0: abuse and trauma became synonymous.
1: Did I don't know? Well, I don't know. You know, actually, I think for a long time, we didn't actually think of most abusive dynamics as traumatic because they were very normalized culturally. And so people that could have trauma historically were veterans.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, what else? I'm sure there are a few other groups you had. And there'd be something so, so dramatically violent outside of our daily norm yep. that we would for us to lend the person the space of like acknowledging that they'd experienced trauma. Does that make sense?
0: Totally. No, I think that's right. And the normalization of of uh, that emotional struggle Yeah. is just, you know, that's just how it was.
1: Yes, and yeah, and that's why it took, I mean, it was it was a very intentional experience of trying to acknowledge that victims of, of domestic violence experienced trauma, right? Like that was a whole, <clears throat> a whole enormous thing And child abuse, the victims of child abuse could experience trauma or- Yeah. Because they were so mon- considered kind of so mundane. They were kind of just like the- Yeah. I'd never get the saying right, but kind of the air that we breathe or whatever that they didn't seem exceptional enough to- Right to warrant this title yeah um and that's really shifted i think i mean that's began shifting in the 60s or 70s whenever we started that, when if i'm talking about domestic violence conceptualization but up to now like i just think that that it's continued to shift and then we have all this like trauma studies and a better understanding of the brain right and all the nervous system and all these things that have happened in the last decade or i don't i don't know exactly how long but that have really just continued to inform and expand Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm. that
1: definition
0: what can you talk about it a little bit what it's like to to be to be the holder of space and the guide through someone's process in such an intimate way
1: yeah um (laughs) that's interesting i feel a little bit disconnected from it when i'm not actually doing it yeah you know, it's hard, it's hard to like really think about. Um, but I, I mean, I think it's really, I think I have lots of thoughts and feelings about it. It's really an honor for someone to trust you
2: mm-hmm. to that extent. Mm-hmm. Um, because vulnerability is so, what is the word I would even wanna say? So f- looked down upon in our
1: society or culturally. Um, that I think all, there's already just the trust of being able to be vulnerable, but then culturally,
2: context-wise, I feel like um, I have even more appreciation for that.
0: Yeah, so true, so true.
1: Um, so that is part of it, is just that it feels like a real honor
2: to be there and to be trusted in that way. Um, another part is What, try, you know, I'm trying to think of how to say this, practicing and trying to be
1: intentional about trying to be fully present with clients and also not try and also not taking on their experiences as your, as your own, or like making sure that the experiences they're sharing with you aren't triggering your own mm-hmm. responses, thoughts, judgments, whatever.
2: Totally. Um, and so just trying to like be present with that at the same time yeah, I, I think it just takes a lot of um, intentionality and presence. And if you
1: are not bringing that, then it's a really good time. You have to kind of like hopefully be checking in with yourself throughout the process and noticing if that's not happening and then,
2: mm-hmm.
1: kind of figuring what's going on and putting that aside for yourself for later. and
0: yeah, yeah, I can
1: back. <laughs>
0: how many layers there are to the just to the talking um and and you know never mind all the various modalities within the therapeutic process but but just not i mean i'm curious how you find a way to you know direct yourself into presence from like having an agenda for you know oh they said yeah. this they need to do this and then that will make them better and blah, 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 you know just yeah Listening fully is is so hard anyway to not be trying to.
2: Oh,
1: totally! And your own story unfurling and yeah, and and evolving.
0: Have you seen someone, or no, not have you? What's it like when you see someone going through the healing process?
2: Mm -hmm. what's what does that look like?
1: (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, it's very different for everybody, right? Mm Um, and, and so I also, you know, some, I guess I want to be, I'm hesitating there. So i want to be a little bit careful because I think there's, there are so many different variations. Like we mentioned earlier that there might be a person who develops a little insight and that in itself can be healing because it changes the way that they think about themselves. Yeah. Or we can think about all the way at this, maybe further end of the spectrum where somebody's actually like experiencing these really deep changes in their nervous system and their nervous
2: system. Yeah.
1: yeah. And that, and, and all of them are absolutely beautiful. Yeah, for sure. Um, but there's something very moving and very just, uh, what, ah. Uh,
0: inspiring
1: inspiring I guess yeah I want to say awesome but that just sounds so trivial <laughs> um, but
0: you mean the yes. awesome yeah. yes
1: actually awesome so uh so awe-inspiring to watch um to watch somebody's body really like sit with and then accept this new new knowledge new perception of themselves or of the world around them or yeah their own sense of safety in their existence or
2: yeah profound profound.
1: yeah it's very profound and it's really beautiful yeah you know as we're talking about it like i'm tearing up it's just really
2: yeah
0: yeah i i've only had a couple of those probably really well probably two but Mm -hmm. i haven't done a lot of therapy but the last therapist i had was with doing parts work Mm -hmm. and um and it was really cool of having that one of those really good aha yes
2: oh
1: (laughs) oh my god um and And it takes (laughs) i like how you like head multiple stages to your response right there because it really it does it really takes a while right to fully Mm. wrap and wrap your wrap yourself around right like what all that means if one thing has changed absolutely what changes the other
0: and there's so many layers, in the, I guess, in the way protecting yeah. me from that, which is odd, right? Because that's the experience that releases and frees yeah. you from all the layers that you have to get through. So as a therapist, being the person who can be willing, I mean, it's your job, right? You said, okay, I want to do this <laughs> and patient enough to watch somebody's layers. Yeah. you feel like um I don't know. I imagine it must be hard not to just jump ahead of the layers and say, like, well, you know.
1: Oh yeah. As you were saying that, I was just like, yes, that <laughs> that is the hardest part, probably. Yeah, right. Um, and remembering to just kind of sit on your hands because that's not how I right. tend to operate as a person in general. Yeah. Um, like it's not in my nature to just be patient and right and let things unfurl I'm just like let's let's go (laughs) yeah Yeah. and so it really uh feels like a very intentional practice that we kind of
2: came back to earlier
1: like okay this isn't (laughs) yeah about you and what you want or what you're ready for or
0: yeah would be good yeah exactly
1: um
2: and it's definitely I think in I I, And
1: I want to say, I think the majority of the time I am able to sit with that and meet that need. Yeah. That the need to just be present and hold on, like kind of hold on to my own horses. Um, But I also think and recognize that that's probably one of the weaknesses in my work is that sometimes I do get ahead of myself and I really am just like, I just want to see that. I want, I just want that person to like
0: get Mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Well, to, you know, as a, as a person that goes to therapy, I always want someone who can walk that line between, I'm going to let you like dance around this (laughs)
2: like
0: big thing that's shining at you. I'm going (laughs) to walk around it. But then at some point I'm going to, I'm just going to say, Hey, you know, maybe maybe look at it. (laughs) Yeah. Do you want to, and and I think that that's the gift of a therapist is being able to see it yeah, and being able to invite the person to, to see it too, when it's time, you know, again, I, yeah. I think it is kind of, a, um, yeah, you're walking with them on their, on their very weird road. They've, they've said here, okay, come on over. Look yeah. at this shit. Can you handle
1: it? yeah like yeah oh yeah okay let's go and that's what it, yeah and that's such a good reminder I really appreciated how you said that like can you handle it because
2: mm-hmm.
1: I think that is a part of having to sit on your hands is like yeah it's needing to you yourself as a therapist have to be able to handle the af, the affect of yeah you have to have the affect tolerance to be able to sit and watch right as if the person is like not ready to get there or as their defenses come up and try to protect them from getting there or from looking. Yeah. And um, you know, and all that stuff. And so it really is not I think an affect tolerance practice. Yeah. Therapist part.
0: Yeah. Like there's so okay. much trust that you have Can to... I
1: handle this? Can I just yeah, can I sit, can. sit and hold my tongue and you know, wait till they want wait till they tell me what they want. And
0: yeah. Yeah. Know when to know when to uh to get in there, know when to sit back. Yeah. Um and also just yeah not not revealing any judgment or yeah anxiety sounds hard
2: yeah
1: it's really interesting I think what if you do rush it to in my experience that does feel like judgment
2: yeah right right yeah
1: supposed to be healing fast or yeah you know whatever I don't mean whatever, like it's not important. I just mean whatever, like there's a, a variety of, yeah. that could go there, but, um, and so that is an important piece to hold on to also as a therapist, I think like, I, it took me a while to realize and to remember, and you can please tell me if you don't think this is accurate, but I, um, from the other side, but I, it took me a long time to remember that I think people are looking at their therapist with like this, um, not everyone, but in general, they, what's, how do I want to say this? Um, that they're putting more weight in what the therapist seems to think of them than they do the average person. So true. Yeah. Does that feel true? It
0: feels very true.
1: And it took me a while to figure out. And so, um, and I, so I've tried to become more cautious and aware with that. I don't know if cautious is the right word, but probably yeah. And just aware of that and intentional in that as well.
0: Kind of like, if you're a therapist and you're a good one, then people trust you but not only that they want you to guide them yeah and so they're like help me <laughs> show me the way out of here
2: right and then yes,
1: I do put a that. lot of weight a lot of
2: weight, weight on weight
1: you <laughs> around themselves I think too like and <laughs> what that. this interaction means and to like have approval yeah. or disapproval in this interaction or very charged perceive approval or disapproval yeah
0: right because it's like a doctor for your secrets for your insides for your for insides
1: for you as a for you as a
0: person like it's yeah. very intense right it's not it's not your body though no <laughs> as we learn with the the trauma work it is your body it is right? your body as well
2: right there's, there's not a
0: separation we
1: knew,
0: it's all a thing, it's all a thing. <laughs> what do you feel like is specific to what you bring
1: yeah like, well, you know, I guess I want to say, I don't think thing for any one therapist, probably. It's like a combination of what the therapist has to offer and what the person needs. And then their two personalities probably all together. So yeah. assuming that lines up well, and you've gotten to that spot, yeah. um, I tend to, as you know, I'm an EMDR therapist primarily. I also use a lot of parts work and a lot of polyvagal informed work and um and so i tend to come to the work from a very let me think here from a pretty body based place
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so which i think helps people step away from this idea that there's something wrong with me as an individual
2: mm-hmm.
1: and when we were just having that converse you and i were just having that conversation a couple of seconds ago and it made me think about the way that we differentiate like the way that we are told information about our body from a medical doctor or the way that yeah. we're told about information via a therapist or something. <clears throat> and I think what happens is it's a little bit easier to differentiate ourselves, our sense of ourself as good or bad or whatever from a medical problem. Yeah. It's like, you're like, oh, my arm is doing this thing. Right. It's not like, oh, I am, a per- I am a bad person. And so I, th- so I think making sure to incorporate like these Kind of body-based language and concepts also is really helpful, um, and that's a big piece of trauma work. And talking about the nervous system as well is just like, oh yeah, this is this is just a system that all of us have
2: yeah.
1: that uh, responds to the information it gets, and if it gets information in an intense enough way or often enough um, that it's not safe, then that's the message it's gonna it's gonna take yeah. with it, right? Um, and so I think that's helpful. I tend to, before we do any like actual deeper trauma work, we tend to do a lot of kind of mindfulness work, a lot of psycho ed around trauma and the nervous system. Mm -hmm. And I think just kind of helping make sure a client has all the tools they're going to need to come into the work and feel like they have Mm
2: -hmm. a decent
1: understanding of what's happening and why, why they might respond certain ways. Mm-hmm. why certain patterns have developed yeah um and just kind of help normalize that for them which i th- which i think is very helpful yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 what about
0: have you done in your personal life is there is there something that this is this is pretty personal feel free to mm-hmm. go next question but okay. like, is there anything with in relationship to you and your body yeah. that you've gone through that showed you the power of therapy modalities that include body and mind
1: yeah I mean so my first EMDR training was what was I mean you know, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it was by chance but I was always really curious about it um and when I signed up for my first training it was something I knew I wasn't going to be able to work I wasn't going to be able to do in the context I was working in
2: mm-hmm.
1: but the organization was paying for my trainings and that was the one I wanted to take. So that yeah. was the I about. So I did it anyways. Um, and that was a really, that was a really big um, shift for me thinking about clinical work. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I still, I don't know if I actually would have went into clinical work if I hadn't, if I would have continued in clinical work, if I hadn't seen um, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. And that was a real game changer. And then I continued working with an EMDR and IFS therapist for a few years. I started a few years later and continued for a few years. It was a real, it made a very big difference in my own personal life.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: As well, as well as with my relationship with myself, which I guess is where those changes in my personal life came from, but mm-hmm. um, that made a world of difference. And, the, and they're, and that's a very body and mm-hmm. mind, nervous system focused
2: modality.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like just the awareness of, and I, it, what you just said about how important you find just giving your clients the education around this stuff is, it it does it provides this context for understanding basic reactions yeah in a daily way that is such a relief it has been for me to say oh there is that feeling in my body related to this thing that I've been doing all my life around um, when this happens yeah and so maybe (laughs) that feeling doesn't need to turn into a whole fucking day, yeah. Of mess Whenever, on wheels. whatever comes next. Whatever comes, the next thing that that, that as the rock tumbles down, which it's not always that dramatic. It's also just something that happens throughout the day. Yeah. Um. One question I was thinking about before we started talking was the difference between mood and mm. mental health. Yeah. And and how. Ephemeral mood can be yeah, and how constant mental health can be yeah and where those things kind of come together and separate and and if you like yeah, what the you know I mean I guess here's a let's say what is mental health what is a healthy mental health to you yeah. as a what are you kind of searching for?
1: You know, I think in that question, I'm thinking about somebody's re- relationship
2: with themselves and how they feel about themselves. Yeah. Would probably be at the basis of that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, when you were just talking about mood and mental health, I'm sure there are, like, I'm sure I've seen, like, concise little, yeah, mirth quips or whatever <laughs> out there, but, <laughs> um, but
1: I think in my lens, it's really about how this person feels about being themselves and how they feel in their own body. Like this is kind of, this is the, the one thing you're going to be with for your entire life. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, as you mentioned, like so mood or situation based responses, like can be very, can be more temporary, but, um, I tend to think about it. Like I, you know, I'm pretty loose on stuff, but I tend to think about everything as a spectrum. And and like most of us are going to experience all this stuff to some extent at some point in our lives.
2: Yeah.
1: Like any, most things that we could possibly read on a diagnosis criteria thing is going to be experienced by us to some extent somewhere. Um, But when it starts to become problematic enough that it, or just intense or consistent enough that it's causing an issue for us, in in our lives, then that then that's when I would think about it more as like a mental health focus.-.
2: Uh-huh, uh-huh.
1: Be that in our romantic relationships or family dynamics, or just how much you can tolerate just being present in yourself.
0: Yeah,
1: um, and how much you have to escape that, be it uh-huh. drugs or sex or whatever exercise work, mm-hmm. all the things that we use, yeah to not sit with ourselves and not that we need to sit with ourselves 24 hours a day either, but just right. Like there's another spectrum, but when does it become problematic? Because we're pulling away from things that we need to
2: be doing or things that would make us actually feel better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Feel more content with ourselves or our lives. Mm -hmm.
0: Who right now, um, do you like to read or watch or listen to? Yeah to inspire you.
1: right now I'm reading, um, Gina, geez, I want to say Janine Fisher. I'm doing a, like some pre-verbal trauma and
2: mm-hmm.
1: pre-verbal trauma and dissociation stuff. And David Archer is a, the, um,
2: anti-racist psychotherapist is the other one that I'm looking that I'm reading right now. And, there, and I'm looking forward
1: to a Robin Shapiro training, and she's just this amazing EMDR therapist that's been around forever and knows everything. She's super relaxed, very, very casual, nice. just silly, yeah uh, and and just exceptionally talented. so and David yeah. Archer's also he's a, an EMDR therapist um, that's who wrote the anti-racist psychotherapist he's an EMDR a black EMDR therapist out of Canada I think
2: all
0: right okay my last question yeah that ask and what would you just tell people like this is something you that would be might maybe helpful in your life but
1: figure out what's keeping you from being okay with your relationship with yourself yeah. you know like what gets in the way of you getting to like hold self-compassion yeah. and pride yeah and uh, acknowledgement Getting to like acknowledge when you've been when you've done something great or when you've been hurt or uh, anything when right. you just need to take a break or need yeah. something new something novel like but just like what's 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 keeping you from like getting to know yourself in that way and then honoring it
2: mm-hmm.
1: something or what's keeping you from honoring it not like an in instruction like honor that but like right
0: right go through a of understanding it or getting into some understanding of what's in the way
1: yeah start yeah i would say start with noticing and then you get to go from there what you want to do yeah what do you want to do with it
0: yeah love that love it um and then thank you so much for spending an hour talking to me i really really enjoyed it and i appreciate it
2: i can't even believe it's been an hour thank you i know
0: it was really fun